I'm Lindsay Curtis, and this is Her Return, a podcast devoted to women making the journey of returning home to their divinely human, feminine essence. Each episode is an opening up of a real-life topic with experiential techniques and tools to support you on your journey home. I am thrilled to connect you with my friend and personal astrologist, Michaela. Michaela is an astrologer, she's a star witch, and an earth poet who embodies ancient practices in a contemporary form. Her transpersonal work speaks to the artist, creative, free-spirited entrepreneur, and visionary. She offers a unique fusion of soul astrology and earth wisdom to her global community. Michaela is such a dreamy pleasure to sit down with, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. You're going to enjoy a lot all about star maps, star elders, Venetian reclamations, rites of passage, and so much more. Have a listen, enjoy yourself, and when you're done, leave us a comment wherever you are listening and let us know what has touched your stars today. Hello, 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 Michaela. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lindsay. It's great to be here. And hello, everyone. Mm. So tell us, I'm so interested to hear about your own personal star-guided pathway to the medicine woman that you are today. What is it that you could tell us about your journey? Okay, so... I have just come out of my Chiron return, a powerful initiation and rite of passage. So I'm 52. So back in my 20s, I went through a very harsh, hard wake-up call facing life and death and literally. And what I found was astrology was an amazing healing tool to help me understand who I was and part of my soul purpose and my soul gifts of why I chose to be here so it was literally at the gateway of death and I was in an Inanna descent that astrology was gifted to me by spirit and then over the years I used it as a tool to understand on a much deeper level why I was here and my astrological life cycles, how they linked to um, the beautiful moon cycles, my menstrual cycles. I'm now menopausal, so this is why I'm sharing this because astrology is an amazing map and tool. It doesn't disempower us. We're not giving our power away to an external influence or force we are the cosmos the cosmos lives inside of us and it's a beautiful map the ancient Essenes a very powerful community uh, around the time of Yeshua and Mary Magdalene uh, were very gifted and versed in astrology it's got a very rich rich long history yeah or her story as well which we'll come to and when a child was born they would look at the astrology chart the natal chart And all the children would receive foundational training. But as they grew older, you would be able to tell from the chart, the star map, what your natural gifts 
and medicine pathway could be. So, I mean, here in our society, we spend decades trying to work out what it is that we are here to do and be. Imagine if you had that guidance from the very beginning, and there is free will with this, but it's like the journey is part of it as well. It's an epic quest, yeah? So this is a cosmic tool that we use in a very down-to-earth way to map out cycles and rhythms and movements of our life, yeah? Unlocking the gifts and finding your true calling is what I found astrology was for me. It brought me back home Mm -hmm. to me. It brought me back home to the great mother. It brought me back home to the healer that I had been and the medicine woman I had been over many different lifetimes. So I work a lot with different lifetimes and spaces and multidimensionality and grounding it into here and now. So it brings you back home on all the different levels. If you infuse it and work with it the way that I do as a star witch so I'm an ancestral earth witch as well Mm -hmm. so I work with astrology in a very different way Mm. even though I have been trained uh, trained for many years in the art and the craft of astrology all the techniques and the foundations but I've also been through very strong initiations with indigenous elders and rites of passages as a medicine woman as well. Mm. 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 Rich and Mm. deeply profound. Mm. Rites of passage. This is something that we definitely are so disconnected from in in the Western colonization world, colonized world. Um, and, And as someone that has experienced traditional rites of passage then, Tell us a little bit more about what a rite of passage is. Well, for me, um, no one initiates you. It's your initiation with the great mother herself. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this was when I was actually very alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was times in my life where there was no one around me. And so it was lonely. Um, I was alone, but in saying that, I had to sit in the discomfort of the rite of passage. It couldn't be sped up. There was no one to placate me, no one to soothe me. I had to sit in it and be in it. And for however long that took. And so these rites of passage were quite unorthodox, but not um. The most potent ones were around particular astrological transits. So there's particular astrological life cycles that we all go through at a different age. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are so potent and powerful um, to bring that back. And that's how I work with the rites of passage as well. So similar to when, No one knows when you were going to bleed for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's the mystery of life. You know, if you're having a natural birth, you're not, you don't actually know when you're going to birth. You have an idea 
and similar to menopause. Mm-hmm. You don't know when the last bleed is either. Mm. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I had an idea, but you, you don't know because you could still bleed spontaneously every few months, yeah? There's a whole space. There's a whole um, passageway to enter the altar of menopause. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this it's, is between yeah. you and, and the great mother, yeah? Mm, I'm often mm. talking about this. I don't really use the word uh, words rite of passage, but I speak about this about being the void and being comfortable with getting intimate with the void. And and within my private sessions all the time, I'm supporting women and and getting intimate and comfortable and being able to relax into that void of creation and the unknowing that just is, because that's exactly where everything comes from and everything that we could possibly desire to, to, to be and to know and to experience can only really come from that depth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. The void. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you you mentioned about specific astrological transits and how this really links to um, self initiations. Then, mm. and we've talked about previously. Uh, well, tell us uh, what are some important ones that. <laughs> that we'll see. Okay. Um, so, I suppose this is very much an individual process. So quite often when there's Saturn transits, Mm -hmm. that can definitely, Saturn Plutonic transits. So because Pluto has a very long orbit, for example, and is Hades, but is also Hecate or the dark goddesses, this transgenerational planet that takes an orbit of 248 years there's some transits that only certain individuals will get to experience in their lifetime so definitely Saturn transits that happen every seven years but a 30-year cycle so our first Saturn return is a maturation and that occurs for everyone around the age of 29 and of course it depends on what other planetary aspects you have in your natal chart but Saturn's the wise elder it's like when you go to sit with an elder and I work strongly with star elders so if you can imagine Lindsay that you're walking into a sacred circle with incredible reverence and the circle contains the elders and each of them hold the guardianship of a particular planet And that planet has particular lessons and experiences for the individual. Mm -hmm. So when you are going through particular transits in your own natal chart, you are initiated and experiencing the wisdom of that particular planetary elder. Mm -hmm. So definitely Saturn, your first Saturn return around 29, uh, for, for myself, it coincided um, with three, four years beforehand of being in my progressed balsamic moon phase. So that's why it was incredibly dark and lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no one that could soothe or heal or fix or cure. 
it just wasn't going to be that way. I was, um, I had been heroin uh, dependent for many years. So it was like I was in that depth of the bowels in the void. And it took at least five years to bring me through that void. Mm. And the thing was that that's what called me back home to my medicine. And it was in a progressed balsamic moon phase and also leading into my first Saturn return. So there was lots happening uh, in my eighth house. So there's particular houses, planets, Saturn, Pluto. In our late 30s to our early 40s, we go through, everybody goes through a cluster of what's called midlife crisis or midlife transitions, I like to call them, your Neptune square, your Pluto square, and welcome in your early to mid-40s Uranus opposition. Uranus is the great liberation awakener, the chaos agent. And it just brings in this energy of freedom and liberation where you don't want to be confined or constrained or conditioned. So quite often everything that you've worked hard for possibly, I mean, it all depends on the individual and social constructivism and our culture. Yeah, so it's like Uranus opposition is a huge wake-up call of the Kundalini energy naturally awakening from the base mm -hmm. up through the chakras. So that correlates with the Uranus opposition in astrology. Mm. Yeah, um, and each of these transits, each of the planets holds a different archaeological signature. So the Neptune square, the Pluto square in your, in your late 30s is about why am I here? Why is everything around me that I, that I thought was solid and secure suddenly dissolving? And there, there's nothing tangible to hold on to. It's like mm -hmm. you have to surrender and let go and, and really find a deeper reason for being here. Mm -hmm. And also... Pluto square, stepping into your power, your true sense of empowerment and releasing any, any um, insecurities or facing those demons or challenges, the parts of us that we feel ashamed about. You know, it takes us deep into the subconscious, into the psyche. Mm. Um, any Neptunian transits are great for dreaming medicine, yeah? Mm -hmm. Like that's where the outer reality of life will dissolve and you'll be very inward, inwardly focused but so perceptive with the dreaming medicine and the dreaming guides that come through. So, you know, um, it might be a struggle in the outer world but your inner world is vibrant and rich and so alive, yeah? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm just fascinated um, by how universal and how individual it is and how we're each going to experience these these potent times of course in our very individual way and it's so not personal uh, because we're all going to be experiencing something in our own unique individual way right it's, it's absolutely mm. it's and, and there's going to be patterns it, and there's going to be resonances yes 
And the more we can take those three steps back to look at that, uh, the dream field that is, okay, yeah, these are things that's part of the human being experience that I'm here to journey through in order to reclaim my power with the support of all of these amazing uh, star beings that are here, the star mm. elders. I love this image that you set mm. us up with, the star elders. Um, we can just go through it. Uh, with a lot more grace and compassion and um, softness in our integration. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, these are lessons and experiences. So how I work with your natal chart, as you know, is that I see it as the contract, your soul contract of what you've chosen to experience. And you can either enter it screaming and howling like a banshee <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that at all you know Maybe there's a time and place for a few moments yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely a time and place for everything and that's what I love about it it's like as long as we release that judge and that critic of how we should be doing something yes. and just use this amazing 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 tool for personal growth and soul consciousness and it really depends on your outlook and perspective of how you choose to approach it. But when you learn the magic that these star elders have and particular transits and signatures in your own chart, you've got choices of, okay, and this is what I work with you around is how best are you going to really navigate and express and give time and space to these energies through this transit, through this particular timing, because it gives you that grace, it gives you that sovereignty and that uh, depth of understanding that we are also part of a greater universe as well. We've, we're very individual. It's about us. I'm really big on radical self-responsibility. Yes. Yeah, We're not abdicating it out to anything external. It's all about us. And where these planets and energies reside within us. Mm -hmm. And then how does that impact us emotionally, mentally, psychologically, physically? Mm -hmm. And also that higher spiritual tone as well. Mm, and I love this emphasis mm. on um, the self-responsibility and the empowerment and the free will aspect that you've repeated a few times for us. It's like, it is our choice. And that's always how I've interacted with astrology. And actually, um, we had a reading together in the autumn uh, around my birthday, and I was... Um, very so deeply supported by our reading because I have just been in this energy of going so deep into mothering because my son is at this moment he's uh, 16 months and I've been doing some major major healing and and full reclamation of the divine mother and and going deeper into my own embodiment and at the same time I feel a call to expand my work but that it's not really time for it and I was really feeling this push pull and like I just was so supported in our session to have the insight and the view of my star map at this time and over the next year and to see how supported it is for me to follow that flow and to follow the depths and and peek out for a moment and then go back in <laughs> and 
that that's yeah. okay. So I love the grace that's really offered uh, with especially how you use astrology. It's, it's so supportive uh, for, for women's reclamation of power, really. Thank you, Lindsay. And it is very much about giving ourselves permission that sometimes it's okay to rest and nurture and nourish, yeah? And then there's other times it's like, okay, now it's good to come out, to use the fire energy to create and be passionate and, and bring ourselves out into the world. And then there's other times it's like, no, it's beautiful to go back into the home, to the sanctuary, to that inner place, yeah? And um, it's all part of the cosmos because it's, I, I know I've, I've been watching and observing people say quite often, why would I give my power away to astrology? And it's like, well, um, well, that's your choice, for one. <laughs> but, 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 second, yeah, but secondly, the thing is, is that we live on a beautiful planet, Pachamama, and the sun rises each day and sets each night and we have the moon and the stars. It's like we are part of the natural heavenly order and divine union of the cosmos. Yes. You know, that's really what astrology is. It's like I'm really big on um, debunking, uh, you know, particular uh, views or mindsets around astrology. I'm not going to make it my, my mission or my task. I don't have time for that. <laughs> but, you know, I find it interesting. It's like we are part of this bigger cosmic picture, yeah? Yes, and we are it. Like we are the earth and the stars embodied and the sun that rises. Mm. 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 Feels so deeply. I've just been um, giving in my nine month course, Courting yeah. Desire, we've just covered the second season, which is all about unifying polarities. And so we dance heavily and dream deeply into um, the movements of masculine and feminine, as well as yin and yang, and, and both, because there's yin and yang and masculine, and yin and yang and feminine. And then how do I really receive these energies and the balance of water and fire? And I've found it really interesting how um, modern uses and interpretation of astrology is also kind of shifting into that balance and including many more feminine uh, entities, I don't know, stars, but not necessarily stars, right? They're asteroids. So like uh, universal entities to represent different aspects of the feminine that have really been missing in, in a lot of astrological uh, interpretations for so long. Uh, what can you tell us about that and, and witnessing that and then in experiencing it? Ah, oh, absolutely. So when I was originally trained, I started training um, after my uh, shamanic dismemberment and wake up call. <laughs> and so well, I did a lot of self-study, but when I actually started to professionally study, it it was um, very dry to me learning about the the seven ancient planets and and yes we've got the the moon she's feminine and Venus and and it, it, it was a beautiful reclamation but I always felt something was missing and I'm not a scientific astrologer because there's a whole technical side that I learned it didn't 
really make me feel alive or en- mm. enrich my my passion in it yeah and in fact I can remember going to my first astrology conference and actually leaving in tears because I'm sure the speakers were incredible but it was very dry very scientific and technical and you know Mars where Uranus at 17 degrees and all this it was just I I just couldn't do it so I actually left in tears thinking I'm never going to be an astrologer isn't for me right right and yeah and then and then I met the most amazing amazing woman my mentor and still my dearest friend as well in the world of astrology Babula Mm -hmm. and I saw she was running a workshop on Black Moon Lilith Mm -hmm. and I called her and I went and because of the amazing space she held, like this is over 20 years ago, I walked in and it was just a return home and it was about embodied astrology. And I just sat all day and just cried and cried and cried because it was like I'd come home to the ancient temples of Ishtar, Inanna. And then when I discovered where Black Moon Lilith was in my chart, it was like it suddenly became alive to me, and that's why I'm I I I love embodied experiential astrology, and of course I'd been tracking the moon for many years. So this was really important when when I first started. What started me on the journey was looking at the moon because back in the um, late nineties, I was back living in the southern hemisphere. I had spent a lot of years in the north in the northern hemisphere but when I went back to the southern hemisphere in the late 90s there were no books around that time that were written by southern hemisphere writers so our moon phases are the mirror opposite to the north to the south so I'd go out and look for the crescent moon but be reading this northern hemisphere book and go but I know it's the crescent moon but the it's not matching up so I had to throw the books away And I actually started tracking the moon by actually going out and looking at her day and night. And I tracked her for seven years and I tracked her. I've still got all my journals and I tracked her then with my moon dials, my menstrual cycle. And I was using cloth pads and returning my blood to the earth. And even when I, uh, was pregnant with my children I still tracked the moon and uh, recorded on the beautiful color wheels um, because I needed it to be visual Um, yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, and and I incorporated my dreaming into it as well Mm. so the moon was my first experiential um enterprise if you like because she supported me so well and then black moon lilith with babula working with venus and of course demetra george is an incredible um american foremother and m kelly hunter they are one of the four the both of them are the foremothers of bringing in uh goddess asteroids and, and predominantly black moon lilith 
into astrology. So it has been around for a long time. It's just really picking up and astrology is actually undergoing a renaissance mm. as well, which is amazing. Mm. Uh, and it is a, a, an ancient, ancient sacred craft. But to me, we also need to keep it really earthed and grounded and practical. Well, how do we work with this in our everyday lives? Mm. So the, the goddess asteroids are not outside of us. They're not separate goddesses. They're actually reflections of aspects of us. Yes. That's how the whole archetypal mythological stories came about because as humans, we love creative storytelling. We're so visionary and imaginative and creative. And to have these incredible stories that we can relate to because it's actually reflections of us. Mm -hmm. And Black Moon Lilith, as you know, holds incredible, incredible potency. She is the primal instinctual energy that exists within all of us. She holds the collective wounding of the psyche around the sacred feminine, but also the healing, the progressive new ways for the way forward for future generations. And so by exploring her in your chart, her story is your story. As you know, there, there will have been an event or a theme that unfolds in your life that is your Black Moon Lilith wounding, mm -hmm. but by bringing her home and welcoming her out of the shadows and loving her, loving her in every aspect of how she presents, she is the great cosmic mother, yeah? Mm -hmm. So also um, the Venus cycle, like the 18-month Venus cycle as the morning star underworld journey and evening star that we go through every 18 months, this is based on one of the most oldest ancient feminine initiation rites that there is it's to do with Inanna and Ishtar the Inanna descent is based on the movement of Venus as the morning and the evening star mm. so this is this is the um, journey work that I that I offer experientially where each month we gather because she activates a different stargate, which relates to a chakra. So for the listeners, um, we're currently, if you're just listening recently after we've done the podcast, we are currently in the morning star release of the throat chakra. Mm. And it's about this whole journey that I'm very passionate about is releasing all the collective spells and curses that have been placed on wise women midwives, witches, healers, uh, going back to the dark magi mm. and releasing all of those old curses so that it, 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 there's no place for it anymore. Mm. Like we are wild, free, embodied, and the reclamation of the sacred feminines for everybody, for men, for women, for all of us, for all beautiful creatures and most importantly, our children. So 
the group of amazing wise women I'm working with, we're all working on our own uh, journey is then offered into the collective container and then out for the collective healing. And each gateway, we send prayers for this. Mm. So I love reclaiming the, the movement of Venus and actually not teaching it in pre-recorded modules, but actually living it, breathing it, embodying it, working with it. And she's there with the moon, yeah? Mm. So there's lots here. I know I could talk for days, Lindsay. So. <laughs> well, what a fun idea of like, actually experiencing the work. And this is true also mm. with all of my offerings. It's experiential. So we'll touch on like a little bit of theory, but then we'll close our eyes and we'll dream it and we'll we'll go into it. And so if we're if we're working with story, I actually have a have a class that I've written. I don't know when I'm gonna give it, but about like <laughs> through and, and actually redreaming Anana's descent and and different aspects of her story because the descent is the most well known, but there are other previous ones. Um that and so if we dream it and as we dream it, what happens? How do we experience it? What's being evoked in our subconscious that is now conscious because we're with it right and um, absolutely yeah it's it's really really rich and I, I do feel this is the way forward in uh shifting how we view education and um and how it needs to be an embodied experience for all of the domains actually it's no longer about knowledge like we're not we're not here for that it's not the time for that on the earth it's about embodied wisdom really Absolutely. And what I, I love about this is that with everything that's changing and shifting in the world, like even last year with the nodes of fate, Gemini, Sagittarius, and now we're in the nodes, the eclipse season of Taurus Scorpio, like last year, like, I don't know what's happening over in Europe, but here in Australia, there's a massive movement of everyone moving away from mainstream education and setting up pods of uh, life schools. And, and there's been a mass exodus and all these families have come together in community and set up these new ways of being in education, but it's away from the old system and it's more embodied and fluid and artistic and creative but still knowledge-based you know but it's out in nature as well it's incredible to witness it really that. is and it's just about returning it's it's returning back to the wisdom of the land and um unfortunately <laughs> this is also why um as a younger being i never wanted to come to europe because i always just could feel the density and the oldness and the stuckness and for me it had a lot of i had a lot of issues with um the fact that uh, colonizers came from Europe and, and I didn't ever want to go back there although my ancestors of course uh, are also from here so anyway uh, fast forward to present day I've been living in Europe for eight years now and um, it's so old <laughs> still like for things like this for alternative education there are small pockets popping up and and there are uh, small opportunities but it takes a lot more time uh, to anchor through the density here and that we're, and the density that we're really shifting and transforming here. Um, so it'll come, but I'm feeling so inspired by what I'm witnessing and, and hearing about in Australia with the, 
returning oh, to education is it, is it has always been before the industrial revolution it was a community-based experience and and children were learning about life by living life <laughs> well i suppose i should just add in here um, I'm a serious introvert extrovert so um, I'm really just basing it on my very small community that I think is the world to me because we haven't been able to travel very far so I actually don't know what's happening in the rest of Australia but in my little world outside my front gate mm -hmm. um, my beautiful community has done some amazing things. <laughs> There are many beautiful communities just like yours, I assure you, as ever. I, I have at it's least a few other sources. So for me, that's like confirmed. <laughs> it's so heartening. It gives it gives us hope, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. There yeah. all there is, is is hope as far as I'm concerned, because we are that's why we've all decided to agree at this time to create a new. It's not to uh, just go into an old system and try to transform it from the inside out no like that one has never really worked two the time is over <laughs> like let's create a new and um, I, I really love how astrology and and knowing ourselves deeper in this way of looking at our star map can support that like one of the things that super supported me um, in going into my black moon Lilith was recognizing how her placement in my chart and in me it's all about my embodiment period I am a teacher I am a writer I am a speaker I am all these other things but it doesn't really matter it's about my embodiment it's my first house like it's it's me it's my embodiment of my power and that that is what transforms life so whenever I get a bit too uh, focused on the outside I'm able to just come back to like oh no like Lilith taught me, <laughs> it's about me. Come back here, come back here. <laughs> Absolutely. And also with her in your first house, that's what people meet when they meet you because you will be the embodiment of her. So they'll meet her energy through you. Any planets in the first house are, are pretty interesting, hey, because they walk with you. Mm -hmm. And she's the only mm. one there. So like, hello. <laughs> She's got the full stage. Yeah, gorgeous. Well, oh, the Leo beautiful. so loves that. <laughs> oh, of course. No wonder. It's yeah. beautiful. So the solar alchemy as well, the alchemist is really strong with you around um, bringing through individuation, that self-responsibility and, and sacred feminine leadership as well. Mm -hmm. mm. Exactly. Mm. Mm got some fiery chills <laughs> mm, mm. oh but speaking of fire um this came up recently from a friend and then it also came up with a client because she had a session with her but there's this because i'm Scorp my son is scorpio right and scorpio has shifted from it used to be recognized as a fire sign and then it is it has become a water sign like in vedic astrology apparently it's it used to be a fire sign. And so I found this really interesting and just like question mark because I hadn't heard it previously. Is there anything you could tell us about that? Um, I haven't been trained in Vedic astrology. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I do Western um, tropical. Uh, and yeah, no, I haven't heard about that. I do love 
bringing everything back to the elements because everything in astrology goes back to the four elements earth air fire water uh, but no I haven't I haven't heard about Scorpio being fire okay. I can I can understand it and I'm just I'm just pulling at ideas and concepts here is that yes it's fixed water but the ancient ruler of Scorpio was Mars mm -hmm. and is Mars so Pluto is the modern day ruler of Scorpio so it depends on there's so many different schools and thoughts of astrology out there so that's why we're a very eclectic um uh eclectic um, magical group of of people that go from the left to the right right <laughs> you know and intertwine it all um and ground it down but um possibly uh and i don't know from the vedic perspective possibly maybe the ancient ruler being mars is fire yeah i think that's what it was it's the fact that it's the ancient ruler and then now in present day it uh, it is more water based so it's like mm. is it about mm. balancing of the masculine and feminine question mark <laughs> uh well i would possibly look at other aspects within that and you know they the elements earth and water are considered feminine mm -hmm. fire and air are considered masculine and in our chart this is just very simplistically hey because um we could unpack and unearth all of these uh tangents for days on end is that we all have the planets in our chart and venus is the inner animus anima anima the feminine mars is the inner animus so the inner masculine so we have all of these representations within us so it depends on the style of astrology that you're attracted to that you're drawn to as well mm -hmm. so you can always when you go to have an astrology session you can always ask the practitioner what style of astrology do you practice um, because there is so many variations yeah and one style may not suit you and another style is like yeah that's exactly what I resonate with that language get get um, you know like you would research different astrologers how they speak how they work with the planets their style mm -hmm. and absolutely experiencing different ones but the back to your question um definitely looking at venus and mars and also there's refinement so there's coarser expressions depending on a person's vibrational frequency so someone could have a lot of planets for example in the fire masculine sign of aries however if they've really worked on themselves and done a lot of personal growth and and consciousness work that Aries tone could be highly refined mm. and be expressed in quite a high vibrational frequency than the coarser Aries expression. Mm -hmm. So this is where I incorporate it and blend it and unify it into one rather than, oh, that's feminine, that's masculine. Like Scorpio, for example, 
there's lower vibrational frequencies of Scorpio. So when you look at someone's chart, I can't assume until I've interacted with them and we've spoken and we've shared experiences, they could be flying like the dove or the eagle in all of their Scorpionic expression because they've refined the lessons with maturity. I also feel at some point we can possibly transcend our birth chart as well. Yeah. I do feel that I do really feel that for certain aspects and maybe the whole thing, but I feel like there's aspects that no longer are part of me. I th- yeah. I think it's a great tool to work through mm. and it's a map. It's like the treasure map. Mm. And at different times in our lives, we identify with different astrological psychological signatures in our chart. And then the transits, what I find fascinating at particular times, which is individual to you, very personal to you, to your chart, particular planetary transits will activate latent energies in your chart and then set it alight, set it on fire. And suddenly you're like, wow, I've I've never known this side to myself. But an astrologer will go, oh, that's this magic weaving and being embodied and and coming alive, you're being stoked. The fire is being stoked, yeah? yeah? And that's why you're feeling it rise up within you and go, oh, my goodness, I've never, I've never wanted to express myself this way, but I just, want to, I, I just want to be this way out in the world now, <laughs> you know? There, there's no going back. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, I, I sort of weave it all in and sort of, I think it's all beautifully feminine and fluid and embodied, all of it. Mm-hmm. Even what's considered the more traditional masculine fire energy. So, for example, uh, more traditionally, Venus is connected to um, copper. So she attracts and, and calls in and embodies our desires, our dreams, our wishes, our manifestation, yeah? And she is the big and deeply rich experience of embodiment. And then Mars traditionally initiates as the pioneer and makes it happen, goes out and is action orientated. So is the impulse, the fire, the spark to go and make it happen. Yeah. So if I work with it more elementally around Venus attracts and magnetizes embodies copper. She is an amazing energy, a conduit of energy and alchemy. And then we stoke the fire of Mars in your chart to go out and initiate and pioneer with, with, the, with the courage, the fire of courage yeah, and confidence to fulfill your dreams, to, to bring it into reality. We all know many amazing medicine dreamers we all dream big medicine, but how many of us actually ground it into reality and make it happen, actualize it, make the magic, transform it into reality? So that's what I love working with. It's like, okay, let's work with the alchemy. What are your dreams, your passions? And then let's create this and put it out into the world because that's what you're here to do. Make it reality. We're, I mean, we're here. <laughs> We're on earth, our feet. Touch your body, give yourself a hug. Yeah. Over here. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah at this point give yourselves a really really big hug yeah. and feel your feet yeah. on on the earth yeah. you know mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. this is the point of it all mm. absolutely creating, yeah creating and experiencing and being here mm. oh, i mm. love it this has really been a rich spiralic dreaming uh, tapestry <laughs> oh it's lovely and i was just reflecting thing i i think i spoke so passionately about aries because i'm aries rising and then i've I've got a lot of planets and Taurus and Gemini. And it's so your it's season. Like, <laughs> it's my season. And my black moon Lilith is in um, Leo as well. So we're, we're kin. We're kindred kindred folk in the storytelling, yeah? The rich embodiment, the yeah. gold, like really into the alchemical transformation of lead into gold. Yes. Completely. You know, we all have gold within and and it. it it makes me feel so honoured when I share astrology with someone and if they've been doubting their brilliance and wanting to remain invisible and hidden and you show them what's in their chart and I love it when clients say, oh, my goodness, so that is me. And I say, yeah, take it out into the world and they never, ever doubt their brilliance again. Mm. It's like... Go out and shine, you know, be you. You're awesome. Your chart is unique to you. Even if someone's born at the same time in the same place in the same hospital, your parents, your soul contract, your soul essence, your upbringing, your culture, it, it, all, it all adds into the beautiful kaleidoscope of who you are. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm just feeling into that, like the entire download also of ancestry. And this came up for me earlier when you were talking about the Pluto transit and and how long certain um certain planets actually take to do a transit. And I really feel like this is the key to a lot of intergenerational patterns heat and where we have the opportunity of reclaiming the gifts that are there behind them. Um, uh, and it just gave me a big confirmation. I just wanted to, to point it out by speaking it out there because there's been a few experiences that, and we, we speak about it in the world of how like certain things will skip certain generations, right? But then there are really big experiences sometimes that I've been able to go way back in time in order to actually get to that original point. And I'm like, oh, I wonder where Pluto was at that time. <laughs> like, and how much this is interlinked and how perfect it is when we're able to actually meet life in front of us, meet what's coming up in front of us, just meet it, trust it, go through it, uh, get the support we need in order to face it and to integrate it in whatever way that needs to be. But then when we get to take that step back and look at like the planetary uh, evolution and this beautiful web that we are all uh, dancing within, it's just, it's really incredible. And it's, 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 mind -blowing. it's amazing. And, and you've touched on another one of my greatest passions in astrology is that, um, and it may not just be, you know, there's lots of transits that can relate to ancestral healing 
And the fourth house is when we bring in the house system and the fourth house holds ancestry, home, soul, essence, and any transits through the fourth house can activate this as well, as well as any transits to the moon because your moon sign is, is about your emotional well-being and how you nurture and nourish yourself or where there are coping default settings set up because we needed to survive. So we love everything. And then there's a time for release because it's not serving us anymore. And it also contains the soul essence, but the inter and uh, intergenerational ancestry. Where am I going with this? What I love, and I've done it with my own family, is that there might be a particular ancestral trait or lesson uh, or dynamic and you can actually track it down through the, the grandmother or the grandfather, the parents, yourself and your children's chart and actually see it working out through the individual generational charts. It's fascinating when you find charts like that in a family and tracking Black Moon Lilith as well through the, um, like the grandmother, mother, daughter, and if the daughter's got daughters as well, mm. that is just pure magic uh, to see how that, I mean, who the, the cosmic architecture of this just blows my mind, Lindsay, yeah? Really, 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 really. I know the great, great design. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, and and quite often, I mean, yes, I track the planets, but when you are in an experience and you're going through, whether it's the dark night of the soul or a very internal reflective time, it's nice to gaze and glance at the transits, but you're living it. So, it's like. We are the expression of the planets as well. Yes. We are the stardust, yeah. So my favourite, my tagline is, um, you know, we, we are cosmic beings and we have stardust memories in our bones. This is one of my favourite images as well, one uh, to reconnect actually to the starlight that's flowing through my bones. This comes to me often when I really need that um that fine-tunement to the cosmic support that is here i i see this within my skeleton and it's mm. it's really supportive mm. gorgeous oh wow so full i love this love this love this um Michaela, we've covered so much goodness today and and weaved through so many different pathways Feeling into it, is there anything else um, upon your heart or your womb and the fullness of your conscious being <laughs> that you would like to leave us with today? Oh, it's just been so beautiful to be held by you in this space and just to feel it's, it's like a, it's like the um, where I am on the sacred mountain where I live in Australia, it's I'm looking out and there's been the first crescent of the new moon and the stars it's a bright star night and the first 
breeze is coming through and having this conversation with you has been so rich and juicy and alive so I feel amazing so I just want to thank you for how amazing you've made me feel in my magical stardust being and bones (laughs) (laughs) oh it has been such a pleasure such 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 a pleasure thank you so much Michaela and um Um, I I was gonna say um if anyone's interested in having one-on-one sessions with me my website is being redesigned, but I do have a booking system and it's Star Witch Astrology, or you can find me at or oh, on Instagram actually, Star Witch Astrology, and there's a link in the bio. For those of you beautiful ones in Europe, I'm more than happy to open up some um, times that are special with our time difference because you're eight hours behind. So if you want a session with me and there's not a suitable one available, please just message me and um, we can, I'll definitely love to connect with all the beautiful, wise, wise women in Europe. Hey, Wonderful. So, and um, so you say your website's currently under process. So the best way to contact you is via Instagram or can we still go to your website? Uh, my website's still up and running. Okay. It's just going, I've, I've got a whole Uranus transit on my son, so I'm reinventing myself. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. But like this, I'll put a link for, for Michaela's website as well. Yeah. If you're not on social media, you can contact her via there as well. Mm. Absolutely. Awesome. Mm. So good to connect, lovely. Thank you. My pleasure. And I just want to say, the nodes of fate, the north node is in Taurus this year, the south node Scorpio. Taurus is about coming home through Venus to being deeply embodied. So the more that we can do to rise like the phoenix out of the ashes with the south node in Scorpio and really embrace that really deep, enriched, alive sense of being on the earth, and walking on her and creating with her and creating magic with her it all lies within the feminine and being embodied exactly all the beautiful medicine work you're offering Lindsay yeah and the deep deep dreaming within that Mm. yes beautiful women let's connect Awesome. Well, thank you, Michaela. And I really recommend everybody gets in touch and feel free to reach out with her directly. It's so super easy to make things happen when you take a little bit of action. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you, everyone. Love you lots across the oceans. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Lindsay Curtis. And thank you for listening to Her Return the Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's exploration, please take a moment and write a review for the podcast wherever you are listening. Written reviews really support getting more listeners to this content, as well as booking more powerfully inspiring guests. And if you're ready to dive into your own creativity and embodying more of your soul's goodness and living your desires, then head over onto my website at 
herreturn.com and sign up for my email list to be informed of upcoming opportunities. May you return home to yourself today.